Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Good morning, everybody. Hey, it's yeah. Friday, right? It is Friday. Okay, just making sure. TGIF. Yeah. That used to be a thing back in the 80s. Yeah. 90s. Thank I think Goodness people still say, it. yeah, thank God. <laughs> well, I know your mom's got a group of friends that they call them the TGIF crew. That's and right. I mean, her, yeah, Jim's yeah. mom's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's a thousand years they, old. She's, so she's not. Love her. So love her. It's yeah. just so cute. Uh, yeah. yeah. That they get together and they drink wine and they paddle around in a pool mm-hmm. and do all sorts mm-hmm. of fun stuff. So, yeah. They're pretty fun. Um, yeah. Friday. It's uh, the last Friday of May. Yeah. Um, June is like, I, it just, the year has gone by so, so yeah, fast. It's been a and, busy year. It's yeah. been a fun year. We've had a lot of fun stuff mm-hmm. going on personally and professionally, yeah. but yeah. We were just, uh, chatting with, uh, Brent, who's our guest today behind, um, curtain number one. behind curtain yeah. number one yeah. and, you know, talking about, uh, uh, Memorial day festivities and, and, uh, yeah, we've, I, we've got to figure out what we're going to do. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so Memorial Day is Monday. We will be broadcasting on Monday. So just, yeah. you know, everyone, you can put your mind at ease. That's right. Yeah, that's right. We'll be relax. here on Monday. <laughs> so yeah, just relax and, um, you know, hope you guys yeah. have a great weekend. Um, so yeah, just uh, pipe in, let us know where you're, where you're listening from. And um, good morning, George. Yeah. We'll um, be releasing our schedule for next week. We know we have um, mm-hmm. on Wednesday, we have Tommy Brandis yes, joining us on the eve of his 31st anniversary and um, in business in the buy here, pay here industry. So we'll yeah. look forward to that. And then we'll, we'll send out notification on uh, the other topics for next week. Yeah. And I think that we've got the following Wednesday, um, uh, Scott Allen. Yeah. will be joining well, us. Well, we've, we have to wait to get the go ahead from NIADA. NIADA. Yeah. yeah. We've, um, we've, we've already cleared it with his schedule. And yeah. so um, we, we just, here, we yeah. just really, we felt like, you know, um, there's going to be a change of the guard in June at NIADA. And we just really wanted to be able to showcase Scott. Yeah. Give, express some gratitude publicly. Gratitude. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Exactly. So um, anything before we. No, just uh, that's really it. Uh, today's guest, folks, are tuning in to hear uh, from Mr. Brent Carmichael. I am too, because we got a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. Oh, man. We've had a really interesting week. And um, yeah. the dealers that we're talking to were kind of picking up a common thread. And uh, so I'm interested mm-hmm. to hear from Brent on what he's experiencing out there yeah. in the buy here, pay here space. Yeah. So shall we bring him in? Uh, yes. Hi, Brent. <laughs> 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 um, I, I, uh, before we started the show, I was like, Brent, I always just so enjoy having you on the show. So, um, just in, yeah, Brent's a pretty, he's, he's a pretty he's good guy. Stories. Yeah. He's got great stories and, um, yeah, just some really good, uh, good banter back and forth and, and communication. Um, really appreciate all the stuff that, that he does. I got to tell you, Brent. So let's remind our listeners, Brent is uh, 15 years with NCM as a, 20 group moderator, consultant, advisor, uh, dealer, you know, of many years before that. So he sees a lot of stuff, talks to tons of dealers. And um, so I first wanted to find out, Brent, like what, I know you don't necessarily run any groups, right? That are new car groups. I do. You oh, you do. do. I have a Kia 20 group that I'm doing now. So I'm, I'm just wondering what your perception is, because I kind of want to start at the top with the franchise folks. It's like, what are... 
What are you seeing out of them? Are the inventory recovering? Are they doing numbers again? Like what's happening with them? Well, first and foremost, guys, greatly appreciate the opportunity. Always have. I like hanging out with you guys much more than you like hanging out with me. I promise you. So, uh, really, really enjoy, really enjoyed uh, hanging out with you guys this morning. And as always, um, yeah, you're starting to see a little bit of inventory come in and you're starting to actually see it in um, their grosses. Um, they're not as <laughs> they're not as gross as they used to be. Uh, gross. Yeah, <laughs> um, they're still pretty gross. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're starting to see that. I was just doing um, I do meet with my Kia group here in a couple of weeks, as a matter of fact. So I was doing some composite review, uh, some number review uh, over the last couple of days and uh, pretty significant drop in, in new car gross, uh, at least for our Kia dealers uh, over just from this time last year. So, again, still in good shape. Don't get me wrong. Um, but not where they were before. And again, starting to see a little bit more inventory hit their locations yeah. okay. uh, in the recent past. So yeah, there, yeah, I think you're starting to see a little bit of that come in. Again, not going to be 2018, 2019. I don't know that we're ever going to get back to the 17 million in SARS where we were. I think 15 is probably going to be that target number. So still a little bit back, um, but, um, but still kind of going the right direction, which it would go quicker for all of us buy here, pay here, because yeah. yeah. the quicker they can get refleeted and rental can get refleeted, then we can get refleeted at some point. So yeah, I wish it was a little bit quicker, but we are starting to see a little bit of it. I think it'll be interesting to see if uh, franchise dealers adopt buy here, pay here in this changing environment or lease here, pay here, like if, see how many of those franchise people choose to add that scenario. Used car inventory is still tough. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's a kind of a scratch and claw kind of thing still on the inventory side. Are you seeing any improvement on that from your well, perspective? It's kind of interesting you mentioned that because I just did an under, I do a, a webinar. It used to be a class that I did called Understanding the Buy Here, Pay Here Model. And it was pretty much geared toward new car getting into the business or anybody really getting into the business. But a majority of the time it was, it was a franchise dealer wanting to take on Buy Here, Pay Here. Mm -hmm. um, hadn't done one in quite a while. In fact, I hadn't done one this calendar year until... Um, yesterday. So um, maybe starting to do that. And I actually do a couple of Harley Davidson uh, 20 groups as well. And they're actually, I, I kind of joked, I just met with one, uh, my all Canadian group, and some of the guys there are starting to look at leasing their own uh, new Harleys as opposed to going through Harley Davidson Financial. And one of the guys in there already has his own leasing company. I'm like, great. I've got to buy here, pay here, Harley group here. Nice. Uh, that's pretty much what it was. And when I said that, they looked at me like I had three heads, but I'm going, I mean, guys, that's what it is. I mean, it's your own, you're collecting your own debt, but they're looking at leasing, not financing uh, because they're struggling or starting to struggle a little bit with, you know, 84 month, 96 month terms on Harleys and interest rates um yeah. even for that non-prime to prime paper is you know they've had some deals that that they're losing because of rate right um, which they've never had to uh, to worry about before so sure. it's well how do you permeate all the industries that i work with actually pretty much how um how do you pay for the harleys that you have like how many how many do well, you have? <laughs> i don't have any i i kind of I kind of mentioned to one of the groups that I might, you know, have to get one. Right, get go. one. And then, and then I showed him my calendar and I said, guys, I would love to. I would buy one tomorrow if you can show me on this calendar sure. when I could ride it. Sure. Because um, yeah, this is going to set my driveway a majority right. of the time. So what I'm doing now is I'm just buying T-shirts from every Harley Davidson oh, dealer good. that I have. 
And that'll be my way to to kind of. The next time we have you on the show, you should wear a Harley Davidson t shirt. (laughs) (laughs) I'm waiting to get them in. So, okay, gotcha. Kind of going through their websites looking for the discount (laughs) stuff. Yeah, the ones that are cool enough, too, for Brett. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, yeah. it's Harley Davidson. All of them will be cool. So, yeah. you know, but, uh, yeah, one of these days, if I can find some time in my schedule, I had a motorcycle when I was a kid, so I uh, wouldn't mind having one again. And Janet's actually my wife has expressed interest and she, you know, it'd be kind of fun for us to do uh-huh. again. Just kind of look at that calendar and go, OK, be three times this year. We'd get to ride it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. yeah. I so gotcha. let's talk about buy here, pay here. I think that's, that's what, uh, yeah. you know, probably some folks tuned in to, to hear about. And I, I'm interested to hear your perspective. And maybe it helps for us to share kind of what happened this week and why mm-hmm. I kind of was prompted to to talk about this. I told Michelle this morning, I probably could have called this topic or our, our you know, name of the episode, borrowing based pressure or something of that nature, because mm-hmm. we're starting to talk to, and I, I talked to several dealers this week and there was just a common thread. We talked to a number of them that are, I won't say nervous, but they're being proactive about the pressure that they're feeling and they're concerned about, you know, delinquencies. We're seeing some of the news that says delinquencies, you know, across the spectrum are on the rise, which is not surprising. You know, we've uh, tax refund money drying up. And so you've got that happening. Which is a normal thing. It's a normal seasonal yeah. thing. But now if you start to see uh, delinquencies spike at a time that some of our folks are kind of on the edge with their borrowing base to begin with, you know, cost of cars are up. And so, you know, we're just we're just seeing dealers that are feeling some pressure around that. And I'm wondering kind of what you see. We've obviously been through periods like this. I mean, I was a dealer myself through the 08 period. You were moderating for much of that stretch. And so I wonder... What do you see from lessons there? What are, what are you currently seeing that um, is kind of your perspective on delinquencies and kind of the near-term outlook for buy here, pay here? Well, and like I said, this couldn't have come at a better time. Again, just yesterday, I, a client I work with on a quarterly basis where we're kind of going over budget and how things are going. You know, one of the things they brought up is, you know, this time last year, it was five and a half percent we were paying on a line of credit. Now this year it's eight percent. And something that we'd really never had that conversation before, but for them, it's a, I mean, it's a six figure a year difference, right? Mm -hmm. Just in that 3%. And, you know, we're kind of looking at that going, yeah, our model doesn't really didn't take that into account from an expense standpoint. And so we kind of started drilling down and putting the numbers in. And it was, I would say, wouldn't say concern necessarily. I wouldn't say yellow flag, maybe kind of that orangish, but yeah, it was something that we hadn't really kind of talked about or thought about at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the last time I met with my groups was January. There wasn't a lot of talk about it then. Um, fortunate that a majority of our dealers were already kind of looking at a deleverage program back in the 17, 18, 19. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of the dealers that we work with aren't bumping their heads against that ceiling just yet. Um, but I do know a couple, you know, that are, that are, that are basically right there. That one or 2% play is all they've got. And what concerns me is, is there's some of these dealers that will start playing that line of credit game. Uh, and that's, that's what scares me. It's, sure. you know, I need my amount finance to go up. So my advance rate helps fund. Mm-hmm. And, and I know dealers, a lot, a lot of dealers have been in that position in the past. But once you get on that hamster wheel, Jim, you know, that just, you can't get off. 
Yeah. And the, the drastic increase in these rates just over the last year, year and a half, there's some of those dealers I'm just afraid are going to start getting on that wheel again. So, yeah, I think it, it's a real concern. And again, hadn't really thought too much about it because the dealers I work with aren't that leveraged. Yeah. But even the one I talked with yesterday is not that leveraged, but it's still 120, 150 grand a year. Yeah, yeah. Additional interest expense. Sure. Just based on going from 5% to 8%. And again, I mean, that's a pretty good chunk out of cash flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the cost of the dealer's money for sure. I think, the, and and maybe, you know, we're not into fear mongering over here. Like we're not mm-hmm. out here trying to make anybody nervous. In fact, I'd say the opposite is true. We, we know that it's possible to be proactive, take some steps and, you know, and so that's kind of what we're having some conversations around that. Now we're talking to some dealers who's just like, I don't have a good enough grip on my numbers and we're struggling with cash. Right. So they're just kind of, that's part of just being buried in their business mm-hmm. and not having time to really step back and look at their actual performance. So, you know, there's some of that, but I would just say that we're, we're a, maybe heightened awareness is a better way to say yeah. it. Like we just seeing people mm-hmm. who are just aware of yeah. their borrowing base pressure. And yeah. so they're, they're just, um, you know, taking steps to try to figure out, you know, what, what are the numbers? Where am I, where am I at exactly? Yeah. What do I, what and steps can I take? It seems to be though, like the spectrum of, you know, we, we see people that are newer and we see people that have been in for a long time and that, you know, that, that, that don't have an awful lot of debt or whatever. And, and it's just this, there's, it's just a pretty big conversation of, uh, about what's happening right now. So um, it, it's, it's going to keep some from even borrowing money though, Michelle. I mean, that's a great mm-hmm. point. They're looking at this going, you know, if I ever did want to grow and now's really not the right time because, money, the cost of funds. Now for me to borrow, if I don't currently have the cash flow internal or don't have it in the bank myself uh, to, to kind of sell fund and I've got to go out and I know all the lenders out there are, are ready to loan money um, for sure. They just look at that and go, man, I'm now that's another $5,000 a month or 6,000, whatever that number would be mm-hmm. an interest expense that I don't currently have. Yeah. And that's, you know, if you think about the average cash and deal being somewhere in the six to $7,000 range, you know, that's a car a month. I, can't sell or because of my expense yeah. kind of thing. So, so yeah, I think, uh, you know, it, it's affecting both sides. Those that do have lines of credit now are, are now like, this is becoming something that we've really got to be planning and budgeting for. Mm-hmm. And those that thought maybe now would be a time to start growing and borrowing money because it is available, look at it and go, man, can I just really afford it? So I think it, it's kind of hitting both sides of it. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, we've also talked to some, we're currently working with two or three. So the next time you and I talk, I'll be able to kind of tell you what the, the appetite has been. We've got some dealers that are debt free that are looking to grow. Mm-hmm. And so they're out there shopping for financing. They haven't, you know, they, they, they see an opportunity in buy here, pay here and grow in that portfolio. Mm-hmm. And we see an opportunity in buy here, pay here as well in the coming years. So it's like, we, we're seeing these folks want to grow. So I'll, I'll be able to tell you in a, in a month or so what the appetite is for new lines of credit for, you know, younger dealers. Cause we just, we've got a, a few that we're working with now, but I think when I look at the thing too, I'm wondering what you see in the segment above buy here, pay here. Like if you're starting to see delinquencies, cause we're seeing some of the news articles suggesting delinquencies are on the rise nationally. And so if those folks in the in the C paper segment, we'll call them, you know, if they start to falter and start to see delinquencies, repo spike, uh, we're seeing delinquency spikes in buy here, pay here. If we see a repo spike, inventory is going to, and inventory supply is going to change. So now you've had dealers that were paying a high price for cars not long ago. Now they're potentially going to be recovering repos at a time when prices are softer. 
And that's not a very good formula. So I think it's, we're just really kind of want to talk about and advocate for proactivity and dialogue with your lender. And let's, you know, let's talk through this stuff and let's start to, you know, be proactive and let's don't just wait to, to see how the customers <laughs> perform next month. You know, let's, let's take some steps to, to deleverage would be good. That's easy to say and hard to do it today's car costs, right? It is, it is. And that's, and that's the thing. I have a lot of dealers now that, Hey, how can we work out a plan so I can start paying back X and it always comes down to basically the same two things. The only way you can hoard cash, so to speak, would be sell fewer cars or sell cheaper ones. Yeah. Um, the cheaper ones right now is the problem yeah. um, because we just know they're not there or they're really, really hard to find. Um, and if you do find them, then the recon cost typically drives them back up anyway at that point. So then your only other option is to sell fewer. Um, so it's counterintuitive. You can't grow and build cash with the current cost in our environment at this point. So you know, we've always historically, when I first got into the moderator side of the business, you know, back in the day, Jim, they taught us for every dollar borrowed, you should be able to generate $3 in receivable. But then again, cars were three and $4,000, right? So you were generating an eight or $9,000 receivable off of that. You know, now we're lucky to get 1.5. Yeah. Yeah. $7,000 car and about a 12, $12,000 amount financed on that. Uh, receivable that you're getting out of that. And so, man, we've just got to be so much better at buying the car, selling the car, collecting the car. And and from, from your lips to God's ears on the delinquency for that next segment up, that they're going to start getting concerned about this at some point. You know, I'm, I'm not hearing anything from the independent car, the independent use guys I, that I work with as far as not being able to get paper placed. Um, some have come a little bit more restrictive. It's not necessarily in the quality of the paper. It's more in the, the structure of the deal itself. And that maybe they're capping a, a service contract sale price or a gap price. I mean, they're not, they're not really hitting them anywhere else, but outside of that, uh, but nothing, unfortunately, or unfortunately for buy your pay here, mm-hmm. fortunately for the independent guy, nothing that's really causing anybody to, to kind of turn tail and run, so to speak. Credit unions are still very, very aggressive and, and still very, very active out there. So there's not a whole lot there. And, and as far as our delinquencies are concerned, I'm still seeing, if you're talking about a seasonal average, they're still at or better than 18 or 19 levels. Yeah. Um, so I, I still think we're comparing some of our portfolio performance to 2020 and 2021 or even early 2022 when things were, were really, really good. Uh, performance-wise because of obviously the the hourly rate raise for our customers and, and the free money. So I'd really be interested to see 2024 compared to 2023 yeah. as we start getting into that as being probably more of what, what we would call, bad cliche, new norm uh, yeah. coming up. Well, I think it's, it's not a bad cliche. Yeah, no. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> we said it for so long, right? All of 20, this is the new norm in 2020. Everything was the new norm in 2021. Right. And now we're in going, now this is the new norm. That was the old norm, and this yeah. is the newer, newer norm. Newer norm. It's the newer, so we'll, the newer norm. We'll start we'll talking about three point Maybe we'll go newer, with that. Three point This is the yeah. Friday norm, right? So, yeah, there we go. Right, so, yeah. Now I think, uh, yeah, I, I think right, uh, throughout my career, I just have have shied away from any kind of prognostication. Like I have just not really talked a lot about outlook. I've kind of just said, look, I expect buy here, pay here to say is stay the same. But now that we've experienced COVID and now that we're seeing kind of uncommon level of inflation 
I think we are facing kind of unusual times. And my sense about it, just from a you know 10,000 foot view of buy here, pay here, but we're also obviously in the weeds a lot with buy here, pay here. I think I foresee a correction. I hope it's a slow correction, but you know, we paid a high price for cars for a long time. There's different theories about how quickly used car inventory is going to recover. So, you know, we don't know, but probably it's not a quick thing. But either way, it's just I anticipate a correction of some sort in our segment. And I just think it's important for dealers to, if if my perspective is right, then we would just want to be proactive about, you know, strategizing to make sure that we're prepared for that shift because that's what I think is going to be. They're going to be a my, my concern is that they're going to be dealers that are on the bubble with their borrowing base okay. and have contracts become ineligible. And that's not a very good scenario. Mm-hmm. So we just, we would just like to see dealers be able to be proactive in their strategy and, and find a way to navigate that because uh, we know, you know, I would also say from my perspective, it looks like there's going to be a tremendous amount of opportunity for buy here, pay here folks and Harley Davidson folks and, you know, folks to do financing, uh, you know, especially in a, in a subprime or non-prime, non-prime sector. So we just want to see dealers be positioned to enjoy that. And, and I think leverage is obviously, you know, part of it. We just, if we can, if we can keep our leverage in check, then that gives us a better chance to weather the storm. And I, you know, we all thought about leverage as it's a good idea to keep, you know, a healthy leverage ratio. And, um, and then car costs jumped and obviously people were finding themselves mm-hmm. in a different place, but it's just going to be interesting to me to watch how the lenders kind of, you know, uh, adopt to this. I think when you've got a hard and fast, you know, 30 day delinquency, you become, your contract becomes ineligible. You know, I just think you're going to have, mm-hmm. it looks like you might have a fair amount of that, you know, in yeah. the coming months yeah. here. So, so when you say uh, a, a correction, just, um, you're not, you're not implying that it would be back to X, um, but it would like, like a leveling out. Um, no, what I really think, and, and I'm just speaking from my perspective over here, like what it looks like to me is we know that thing about the sudden jump in used car cost, you, you know, pick any, pick any Toyota that's 10 years old and 120,000 miles. That car, as we know, the consumer is still the same down payment, still the same our cost in the car jumped up dramatically pricing. A lot of dealers tried to move their price and keep their margin. And so prices went way up. Well, that car is still only going to perform as long as it's going to perform and probably can be true of the customer too. Right. So it's like there's some sort of correction is bound to come from that when the, when the thing kind of settles and I'm not saying it's bad news. I'm just saying it's kind of, to me, the way it looks is like it's probably coming and let's just kind of be prepared for it and make sure that we're in a position to enjoy the opportunity because when car costs come down, we can acquire and we can enjoy those those folks that are falling out of the sea paper segment and coming to do business with us and buy here, pay here. We'd like to be able to uh, take advantage of that opportunity and be able to provide that solution for consumers. Right. So. So, um, gentlemen, <laughs> both of you, um, I, you know, a lot of dealers are going to be listening. Um there will be a fair amount of them that like, yeah, this resonates with me. I, I get this. So what can we, what can we say that, that offers some good advice and some hope and a little bit of direction about where to go? I'll go first, Brent. Know your numbers. <laughs> know your numbers. Know your numbers. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't first off attempt to correct something you don't know. Completely agree. 
but but Jim's right. That that's the thing. The dealers that are more truly in tune with what's going on in their business are the ones that can weather well pretty much any storm, not just this one at that point. Mm-hmm. And I think we've seen that more of that over the last two or three years than we saw before. Because when times are easy, we don't need to really worry about stuff, right? We just show up, we sell cars, money just falls from the sky, right? Everybody just pays on time. And this is the first time. I can tell you since I've been in buy your pay or even deep subprime that we had any kind of an event, call it whatever you want, that had this drastic of an impact, not just on our industry, obviously, but the world in general, but specifically in our industry. I mean, we've just never seen anything this hard, so to speak, this quick. And I referred to it when we were talking, I was at buy your pay your United talking with the dealer. I said, you know, I got in buy your pay your business. Our cars were $2,000, $2,500 or whatever that number was. And in 2019, the average ACV for our dealers per car sold was six grand. So yeah, it went up 300%, but it took it from 96 to 2019. It took 23 years to go up three times. Mm-hmm. It took literally about a four month period for it to go up 40%. Yeah. Yep. And we've never seen anything like that that drastic. And again, since since basically our business is predicated on the cost of car, regardless of how you look at it, cash flow, risk, whatever you want to take a look at, for that to switch that quick, that fast, um, I don't know that anybody necessarily was truly ready for it. But the positive was, as I saw, a majority of the dealers that I know and that I've worked with didn't start chasing that model. Just say, okay, look, I still have to sell 60 cars a month, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So yes, I'm going to start paying eight, nine, $10,000 for a car that was four, five, six, 40 months ago. They, they just didn't go down that rabbit hole, mm-hmm. which I was, which was really good to see because I've seen trends in the past and all the years I've been doing this. And you have two, Jim, when the next bright, shiny object comes along, we just chase that. No matter what it is. I mean, you, you see dealers, they just go, oh, I've got to do that. I mean, I have to do that. Mm-hmm. And kind of Katie bar the door. How does it affect my model? Oh, well, we'll figure it out in 18 months when, you know, when these things either repossess or they don't repossess. There was more of a, hey, let's kind of, um, you've heard me say it before, optimistic pessimism, right? I'm going to hope for the best, but I'm going to prepare for the worst mm-hmm. and just stop and take a look at this and go, okay, so let's say I go to ACV where I've been six in the past. And okay, well, if my charge off stay the same frequency wise, now what does that look like from a bottom line, a profitability standpoint? And does that make financial sense to do that? Again, how does it affect my borrowing base? Sure. So like I said, very, very positive, Michelle. And again, been through a couple of conferences now, some state association stuff, 20 group meetings, and that there's a lot of positives out there that people are so more dealers are so more in tune with what their business is actually doing now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're using phrases like my rolling 12 average. And I'm going, wow. I mean, I've never heard a dealer talk too much about a rolling 12, you know, maybe bowling when we're going to roll with 12 and bowling, but you know, they're talking about it and they're looking at those numbers and understanding truly what they mean now for their business. Um, and I'm not talking about just the bigger, multi-location, you know, the guys you would assume 70 million, 100 million. I'm talking about the single point six employee, 25 car a month guy is taking the time to look at that stuff as well. So a lot of positives out there. I'm seeing that too. We're definitely talking to some of those folks who are definitely, you know, uh, you know, figuring out their numbers. And so we're working on that. 
In fact, a couple of things I can share. One, you've agreed to join us on August 1st, which we're always grateful to have you come and co-moderate with us. And it's part of why I wanted to make our next live stream day on the subject of deal structure, because I think it's oh. going to be really important. I got to tell you, Brent, I'm struggling over here as an analyst and, you know, somebody's looking at these numbers because we're, we're trying to help dealers figure out what is the adjustment that I should make in my pricing model? You know, cost of cars are up. We, we heard at our last live stream, you know, a lot of the experts say less gross is going to perform better. You know, all these things like we, we're trying to help dealers find those answers so that they can, and, and it's been a thing for me a long time. Like, I just can't believe that you and I have been in this business as long as we have. Here we are, 2023, and I should be able to give a dealer an answer in terms of when they ask me, what is the optimum deal structure? What's going to perform the best against my risk? And I just can't give them a good enough answers. You know, and so we've, the data is out there. So I hope between now and August 1st, you and I can pull together enough data that we can start to help dealers see the, see the stuff for themselves. See, you know, we don't need to draw conclusions for them. The data is the data. And so we can try to show them, you know, here's what, here's what the data supports in terms of, and obviously we're coming off a weird period, but we, we're going to try to find enough data to help dealers, you know, make a judgment for themselves because this is important stuff. It's like, this is, this is business saving kind of decisions for a lot of these folks. And so I think we, we want to try to, uh, you know, collect as much information on that as we can. And then one other fun thing I'm doing in the month of June, I'm going to issue a a June challenge and we're just going to ask dealers to just get inside their software and figure out if they can balance their own principal in the month of June. What's the starting balance? What's it, you know, you, you wrestle with that. With that. <laughs> I know. I'm, a I'm not going to mention any names, but there's some softwares out there that that doesn't even work either. You can right. get yeah. depending on what reports you pull. So That's why we're trying to bring it out there. Cause we're, we're yeah. fighting that we're trying to help dealers get their performance report straightened out. It's so it's like, when, wow. when you are talking about knowing your numbers, that's a pretty important one. Mm -hmm. Ah, we just get close, Michelle. I mean, if this was in, you know, <laughs> yeah. only five here or there, I mean, does it really matter if it's 11 million or 10 million at yeah, that right. point? Yeah. I mean, yeah. right? Wow. I mean, it's yeah. I mean that's only off by 10%. No, I mean, that's, a, that's an A, right? Yeah. That's 90%. I get an A on that one. So. Yeah. So we, and I won't name the name software either, but we just had a meeting with a client this week where we, we were way off on their numbers. Like we ran the sales report. We had uh, ran very large, a large number. six digit number. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, so it's like, yeah. I've seen them. we find that. And of course we got on the thing with the software people and, and they showed us how to do it. We now have it, but it's like, it wasn't just us, the dealer, they've been in business they for no uh, two decades and yeah. they, they couldn't make, they couldn't make it either. That's mm -hmm. why we invited the software people to help us figure it out. And, you know, it ultimately got there, but it's like, just, you know, we just have to know where to find the stuff and make sure we're on top of the numbers and know kind of how we're performing. And, and you know, we've, we, we want to make sure dealers always just aren't carrying yeah. a lot of dead wood in their portfolio. If it's not performing, yeah. let's deal with it and make sure we know what we got. We're working with a clean operation. Yeah. Right? So all good stuff. I think we probably could stay here and talk about the thing all day, but we, uh, we try to keep it down around 30 minutes because yeah. <laughs> there's so many dealers. The tension spans. Tuned Sorry. In, you know, just there's so, so many dealers are just waiting. <laughs> What'd you say? Oh, <laughs> squirrel. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, so at, just kind of in closing too, um, like we have this event coming up in August, which is, I mean, it's going to be a, a really, a lot of really good information for deal structure. And then um, just a teaser, we have a very special event that's happening in September. And um, it's something that we're only inviting a very small handful of dealers to attend. We only and have four seats. We have four seats. And um, Brent will be one of the people 
that uh, the experts that will be there for this yeah. event. So um, we, yeah, small teaser. What yeah. the heck could that be? Yeah, we're excited but about that. We haven't talked about it a lot because mm -hmm. we just don't have very many spots. And so mm -hmm. we're extending it to our and own this, clients and first. And this will actually be a live in-person in person, um, a few days, a retreat that, style, a retreat yeah. style that we'll mm -hmm. be, um, we'll be spending some quality time with the likes of Brent Carmichael. And we have a couple of other people that, uh, that, uh, Mark Burkholder will be there as mm -hmm. well. And, yeah. and, and some others that I just need to verify that it's like, okay, can we start using yeah, your yeah, name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so it'll be, it'll be pretty, pretty cool. It's going to be yeah. a, a kind of a rich opportunity. I'm looking forward mm -hmm. to that. We'll, we'll have a chance to really kind of get in, deep in strategy with, yeah. with some folks. Yeah. And so this is exciting. It'll be, but, it'll be good. Uh, I got to ask you before we wrap up, um, where are you at with uh, available seats in your 20 groups? You got any spots in buy here, pay here or any other groups? We do. We do actually um, got a couple of them that have opened up in what we would consider one of our smaller volume groups, which are typically dealers under 10 million in portfolio okay. and actually have um, both uh, of our larger volume, which start at 10 and go up from there. Um, I think we've got a total of three or four spots that have now come open that those groups in the past have kind of said, no, we're full, um, but are actually looking to add a couple of more. So, yeah, we, we've got about a half dozen spots right now. Um, meetings are getting ready to run in June, but they, they hit again in October doing all the agendas for those sure. um, right now. And again, some of the things that we've talked about this morning are on those agendas uh, already. Um, so well, our frame of mind, deal structure being one of them. So when you mentioned that, I think three of the five groups I've got meeting in June have moved. We do what's called a deal structure analysis in October, typically, um, where we kind of just audit some deals and they've all moved those up to the June meeting because they're they're just like, we can't wait till then to see this. We need you know, to figure out what we need to be doing now. So um, we'll definitely, by the time we get together in August, have gone through a meeting cycle yeah. um, with some more information. Typically, we wouldn't Excellent. have it until October. So now we'll have some of that data uh, to talk about in uh, in August. So that'll be uh, so okay. that'll be good. So yeah, let me just say um, I have always used the word prestigious when I talk about NCM. I think they're they've been doing twenty groups since the forties. They've been doing buy here pay here a long time. You've got somebody who's very experienced in Brent um, who, as a moderator, and so mm -hmm. if you're if you're looking to get plugged in and get some. Uh, you know, information from Who peers. Who would want Brent to be your moderator? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, there's about 200 and something of them out there right now. That yeah, answer that a little bit <laughs> Depends. After the meeting is when you don't want to ask them. Yeah, right. They like me then, and then we get in the meeting room, and that, maybe they don't like you me. Start beating them up yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. no. So uh, Brent's name is on the screen there. You can find him at bcarmichael at ncmassociates.com, right? So yes, if you're interested in one of those group seats, reach mm -hmm. out to him. And I always just say, look, talk to Brent before you choose a spot. If you're thinking about a, a, a 20 group, uh, then and we know the benefit of those. Just uh, mm -hmm. if you're looking at one of those, then yeah. by all means, reach out to Brent and, and uh, check out. And, and NIADA's 20 groups as well. Just kind of yeah. get a feel for where you're going to fit the best. Mm -hmm. And um, so like we are advocates of, I mean, a 20 group, a 20 group period is a really good yeah. tool. And again, just, just out of, I am as well. And like I said, I was in a member back in the, before it was NIADA's LEADM. I was a member of both a LEADM and an NCM group. If we don't have room in one of my groups, then I would refer you to NIADA because I just think you need to be in a group. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, whether it's ours or NIADA's, doesn't matter to me either way. I just think you need to be in a group because of, of just the, the benefit of having access to, 17 other consultants, I guess, to a certain extent, 
um, when it comes to your business, somebody that's that's kind of walking the same path that you are. So, yeah, firm believer, whether it's us or in IDA, either one. Excellent. Awesome. Well, as always, we're grateful for you lending your expertise and your time and mm-hmm. uh, your perspective to the morning show. So thanks for coming Thank over. You. And if you'll stand Thank by, just a minute, we'll uh, we'll say so long to the others and uh, come back. Always appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, See you in just a sec. All righty. Um, good stuff. Yeah, really good stuff. I don't and mean you- to sound like a buzzkill this morning. I know I yeah. sound kind of negative and, and <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to be an alarmist. I'm just saying, let's prepare. Let's, yeah. There's a ton of opportunity around, so let's make sure we're healthy yeah. and, and able to enjoy it. And, you know, it. I was, when we were talking about doing this subject, I was like, and it's the month of collections. And so it's, it's, this is, this is the reality of what's happening. And so it's going to put a little bit more pressure on our collectors to, to um, help get the dollars in to take care well, of. Well, we need yeah. to know how that portfolio is really performing, yeah. make sure we're optimizing performance. Yeah. That's going to help on our borrowing yep. base stuff. So let's um, make if sure you're looking doing. for a little bit of help on looking at your portfolio, um, doing some modeling, kind of get an idea idea about what's going to be coming in and out with the new numbers, uh, feel free to reach out to us because yeah, we do cash flow modeling. And um, and if and I don't have the answer, I'll ask absolutely. Michelle or Brent. So it'll well, work out. We'll yeah, find he'll, he, he'll know somebody to send <laughs> yeah. you to because uh, that's one of the things I've really appreciated working with Jim is that he uh, he doesn't try to make up an answer if he doesn't have an answer. He'll send you to that where, where to find every time. Answer. It every does. Time. It really, yeah. really does. Okay. So thank you guys so much for joining us today. Happy Memorial Day weekend. We will see you on Memorial Day and we hope you guys have a fantastic weekend until then. Thanks yeah, so much thank for you. joining us, guys.